Good day again, brothers and sisters. We're here again for our Sunday celebration. Again, I'd like to say thank you for all of you who are regularly joining us every Sunday, especially since the lockdown. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Occasionally, I would receive a text or a message asking me when are we going to return to on-site uh, church celebration. And uh, my usual reply is, uh, for the moment, there is no plan to return. And uh, one reason is because uh, there is no fixed date when the pandemic will be over and the other reason which i believe is far more important than the presence of the pandemic is because we feel that god is leading us to transition our worship services from the old way of doing it which is to really come to a church building week after week to a more uh, organic informal but very close to the pattern that the lord uh, has shown us in the new testament especially in the book of acts and onwards which is their worship happens all the time everywhere mm. meaning to say they were not bound to a certain day they were not bound to a certain time they were not bound to a certain place when it comes to worship they worship all the time and everything that they do in life they do it as part of worshiping unto the lord because this was the revelation that jesus has taught them I'm talking about the first uh, century Christians. And uh, so, as the Lord is leading us, I believe um, uh, He has His own timing and season in uh, doing everything. And uh, I also believe that for us, BCC people, this is the season and the time for us to start our journey with Him in this new direction that he is leading us into and uh, as far as i can see with the brothers and sisters who are taking this uh, <clears throat> lesson seriously i've seen a stark difference between them and uh, the many others who are not uh, you know taking seriously the walk with the lord and so this morning as we will uh, take again another look at the scriptures uh, of course, we're talking about walking with the Lord, you know, because the whole life of a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ is a life of walking with God, you know, meaning to say that everything that you do in word or in deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you do it for the glory of the Father. That's what it means. So, Last Sunday, we talked about understanding the time. And at the end of the verse that we read in Romans 13, the Apostle Paul was telling us to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And today's lesson, I'll take you to Hebrews chapter 13. No, chapter 12, I should say. Hebrews chapter 12, we start with verse number 1. It says here, Since therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This was the message of the writer of the book of Hebrews to many Hebrew people who became followers of Jesus Christ and they were scattered everywhere in that region of the world during the time because of persecution. And the main people that persecuted them were their very own people, the Jewish people who became angry because for the Jewish people, they, these Christians, these Hebrew people who became Christians were considered as traitors to the faith because for them, they turned their back against, you know, their old-time religion in order to follow this Messiah, this person who claimed to be the Messiah, who comes from nowhere, whose birth or the circumstances of his birth were questionable. And, uh, you know, the devout defenders of the faith uh, were persecuting these new believers. And so they were all scattered in many different places. And uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews uh, gave so many lessons to them, especially about Jesus Christ and what he has done with them, that he is indeed the Messiah. And that's uh, what it means for them now that they have followed the Lord Jesus. And so in this chapter, he was close to the finish of his letter. And so he said to them, Therefore, since we are being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he is talking to the witnesses mentioned in Hebrews 11, the so-called heroes of faith. You know, Abraham, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and the many others who walked with God and died in the faith, died walking with the Lord. In the entire lifetime since the Lord started to speak to them, they devoted all their time and their effort in pleasing the God that they know, in pleasing the God that they follow. And so... After they have died, they, you know, uh, were brought to uh, heaven and they now are looking down on us, us, looking down on the earth, the believers, especially serving us what the writer says, cloud of witnesses. They are the cloud of witnesses as if they are cheering us on to keep going, to run, to persevere, to endure just as they did when it was their time to walk with God. And so in these three verses, the writer talks about uh, focusing on Jesus, you know, focusing on Jesus. But first, as you can see in the verse, he tells them, let us throw off everything. Can you say the word everything as you joined with me or listen to me today? 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. There's two things that the writer mentions that every believer who follows the Lord will have to throw off or throw away from their lives. The same concept. This is the same concept that uh, uh, we talked about last week. Remember our lesson in Romans 13 that uh, you have to put aside the deeds of darkness and then you have to put on the armor of light. We read that in Romans 13 verse number 12. The night is far spent. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. That's what he was telling the, uh, the Christians in, in uh, Rome at the time. Now, he's telling us all to throw off or throw away or give up everything that hinders. That's number one. Two things in this verse that we need to throw off or throw away. Number one is everything that hinders. And then the second is, and the sin that so easily entangles. Two things. Now, what's, what are some of the examples of things or things that hinders? Let's read Mark chapter 4, verse 19. I think this will give us an idea. What are these things that hinders a Christian from the walk with God? And when you are hindered, you walk will become slow, you know? And let's say in a day of walking, because you are regularly hindered, you will only cover a short distance compared to someone who walks freely without hindrance. So he says here in the verse, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, or the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire, desires for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now, this is talking about the parable of the sower, but the, the persons uh, mentioned here referred to the seed that the seed that fell on stony or rocky, no, the seed that fell on thorny places, meaning the seed was devoured or covered upon by uh, the weeds or choked by the weeds. And because of that, the growth of the, the seed was hindered or even stopped, stopped from bearing. The plant was still live, but it was not able to progress to its full maturity whereupon fruit should have become evident. But because the seed was hindered, you know, wala kabunga. There was no fruit that could be seen because the, the plant was hindered. And what hindered the seed? First, the worries of this life. The worries of this life choke the word or choke the seed. The deceitfulness of riches or wealth also and the desires for other things. These are what some of the things that will hinder a believer on, its, on his walk with the Lord, in his walk with the Lord, so that his life will not become fruitful and productive and progressive. You know? 
in his walk with the Lord. After years of walking with the Lord, he only covered a very short distance. And the result of his work, or his the result of his walk with the Lord, was very minimal because he was hindered by these things. And so, in Hebrews, the writer encouraged the believers to throw away, throw away, or give up, give up the worries of this life, give up the deceitfulness of wealth, give up the desires for other things. Mainly, he's talking about being so much attached to the world, the things that are in the world. Sometimes we call this materialism, the spirit of materialism. When this spirit will capture the, the heart of a person that is walking with the Lord, it will definitely slow him down. Because at now, at this time, this person will, be become, will become very uh, busy and consumed with all these things. And the inevitable result is that uh, his walk is hindered. So as I am sharing this with all of us this morning, you may pause for a moment and ask yourself, what are these things that are weighing me down or hindering me from progressing in my walk with the Lord? I am supposed to be quick and fast in my service to God. And yet, why am I being slowed down or even hindered? And maybe the answer is just like this one, because you allow the cares of this life, the worries of this life, you allow the deceitfulness of riches, you become consumed with what this world could offer and the desires for many other things. You may remember that early on in the life of the first apostles, of the Lord Jesus Christ, he talked to them about not to be worried. We read that in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 25 down to verse 33, in which in the whole passage he concluded by telling them, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things which you are worried about, which you know you are consumed about, which you are thinking about regularly. All these things will be just will just be added unto you. And so, we have to give this up. No, 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 no. We have no time for worrying. You know, We should not become like the rest of the people of this world who are so consumed with uh, materialism and everything. You know? When Paul was writing to Timothy, his beloved son in the faith, in his first letter, 1 Timothy chapter 6, this, Paul, this, has, this is what Paul uh, told him in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, in uh, beginning with verse number 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil 
Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Paul was, you know, laying down some warnings, even for his son in the faith, Timothy, about the dangers of being so uh, engrossed with the things of the world, especially money, wealth, possessions, and everything, which has the possibility of uh, causing you as a believer in the Lord to trip over and fall flat in your face and will cause an embarrassment in your own life. You know, and it has happened to so many so-called followers of Jesus Christ simply because they did not follow the instruction of Scripture to throw away all these things because this will hinder you, this will hinder us from following the Lord uh, productively. The second thing, in back in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, that, Paul, that the writer was talking about, is that now we need to throw off or throw away is that the sin that so easily entangles. Uh, the sin that so easily entangles. Sometimes they call this your darling sins. These are sins that you kind of has fallen in love with and you do, you do not want to do away with them. You do not want to part ways with them because they have become dear to you. Your heart has been, you know, captured by, by these things. Apostle John wrote to Christians who also were scattered in many different places in his first letter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. This is what the apostle has to say. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does does not come from the father but from the world the world and its desires passes away but the man who does the will of god lives forever again he talks about three things that may be considered as sins that easily entangles a heart that desires to walk with God. You have this desire to walk with, with God, but your heart is entangled into some things. And again, it will hinder you. Or worst is it will tot completely stop you from your walk with God. And he talks about the cravings of sinful men or the lust of the flesh in the old King James Version. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These are things which are very subtle and they have a way of uh, deceiving a person and capturing a person's heart and mind. You know? And for all you know, you have slowed down and then later on stopped walking with God. Now, it is sad when we look at the landscape of so-called Christianity, and we have seen all around people, men and women alike, who have started very well in their walk with God, and yet somehow, someway, these things had overtaken them, and they fell victims to the clutches of the enemy. It is the enemy's purpose and intention 
after you have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, His, His purpose and intention is to hinder you, if not to stop you, so that you will not continue, or if you will continue, you will kind of continue, continue, and yet not really become serious to the point that you become fruitful and productive in the kingdom of the Lord for His glory and honor. That's why you need to throw away. The second thing that the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is talking about here, after telling them to let us throw off everything that hinders, this is what he says in the next part of the verse, verse number one. Let us run with perseverance the mark raised for us or the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance. Maybe you are, uh, your interest is uh, stirred up this morning as you listen. You're talking about walking with God and suddenly he's talking about running the race. What's the difference? Actually, it is the same. It's just a different way of saying. But the whole idea is about you and me being totally involved, totally engrossed in living our life for the glory of God. That's what it means. These are just, you know, uh, examples or analogies, you know, walking with God, uh, clothing ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, or running the race. These are just different ways of saying. But the whole idea is that you and me, who claims to be followers of Jesus Christ, will completely and thoroughly involve ourselves in serving God in what He has called us to do. That we will take it as our serious business. As if we're like runners that are running the race for the prize. Paul was talking about that in his letter to the Christians in Corinth. No? Let me read that uh, passage of Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he uses the analogy of a runner to encourage the Christians and to urge them on to keep going. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. In this passage, you can feel the beat of Paul's heart when it comes to engaging in the work of the Lord, involving his life in what God has called him to do. That Paul meant business. He was not playing around. He was not just joking. He took it seriously. He was prepared and ready, even if it would mean to lay down his life as part of walking with the Lord 
And that's exactly actually what happened to the Apostle Paul. He ended his life as a martyr for Jesus. And so, we have, we have to run the race that is marked out for us. We have to be fully engaged. We have to get involved, not just bystanders and watchers. Not just part of the audience criticizing or making comments. But we are part of those that have fully surrendered our life. And everything that we have, including our dreams, our ambitions, including what we have accumulated so far as assets and resources in our life, we surrender them everything unto God. And then we start walking with Him. We start running the race according to His will and purpose. We take seriously this invitation that He gave to us to follow Him. Hallelujah. So let's run the race that is marked out for us. Amen. And then the next thing that he tells us here in Hebrews chapter 12, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. This is now in verse number 2. After telling them to throw off everything that hinders, including the sin, that would easily entangle them after telling them to get involved, get engaged, run the race, run seriously. He tells them to focus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus or focus our eyes on Jesus. And then he tells us who is Jesus in this verse. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. This is only one description of how Jesus, among many descriptions in the Bible, many, there's many different ways of presenting Jesus so that people may know who he is. And in this verse, he is being presented as the author and the perfecter, meaning he is the beginning and the ending. He is the alpha and the omega. We start our Christian life with him and we end our Christian life with him. Hallelujah. That's why we need to keep going. We need to follow. We should not allow ourselves to be tempted so we take a U-turn or a detour along the way. But we fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Hallelujah. Endured the cross. Endured everything. Talking about difficulty, hardship, pain, anguish, you know. Being left at, insulted, severely punished. You know. He endured the cross. Scorning its shame. Now, of course, the writer talks about Jesus completed his task victoriously and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Early on in this book of Hebrews, the writer in chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews, verse number 1, 
He has this to say. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Wow. So now, this is the second time that he was asking them to do this. In Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus or fixing your eyes on Jesus. Here in chapter 3, fix your thoughts on Jesus. And then he gives us one other description of who Jesus is. He is the apostle and high priest whom we confess. In some translations, especially in the King James Version, it says he's the apostle and high priest of our confession or of our faith. Hallelujah. So we need to focus our eyes as well as our thoughts on Jesus. Meaning that Jesus is the center of our life. Remember in our lesson last Sunday, Paul was talking to them, close yourselves with the Lord Jesus and do not give in to the desires of the flesh. Close yourselves with Jesus so that when people look at you, they see Jesus instead of seeing you. That's what it means being clothed with Jesus. Now here, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Meaning Jesus is more than enough. Should have been more than enough to capture your heart's attention, your focus, your thoughts. Let me ask you a question. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? Many times, it's not the Lord. It's the thought of our work, our business, you know, our assignment, our problems. Some people, they sleep on their problems and wake up thinking about their problems, especially when it is an interrelational problem. You know, you know, these fights, these bickerings, these jealousies, these petty quarrelings with people. No? If you are not careful, it will consume your heart so that you sleep on it and you wake up with it. And during your time when you are ready to eat your food, you can not eat properly because you are thinking about these things. Labi na ng mga away-away, ng mga sina-sina, panilo, si mga anak, niya maglagot ka. Imong kalagot, mauna na yung nagkaunin mo. Imbis mo kaon ka sa pagkaon, di ka kaon mo tarong. Kaya gikaon ka sa imong kalagot. Or gikaon ka sa imong kasina. And you have totally forgotten who you are in the Lord. You have forgotten the Lord Himself who has done so much para sa imo. And then you still claim yourself to be a Christian. Ano gani? What a sad state you can find yourself in when this is happening. That's why the writer was so much concerned that he calls the believers, he calls them back and bring them to the attention to fix their attention on Jesus. Abi ninyo, diligid mo mapandol ba? Basta ma-fix lang ninyo ang inyong mata kay Jesus. Why some people get offended? Tipas man sila sa ilang pananahon. Nabalhin naman sila. Dili na si Jesus. 
You remember the story of Peter? When he was on the boat, you know, together with the disciples, and there was a storm and Jesus was not there with them because during the night, Jesus decided to stay behind and then he sent the disciples ahead. And while their disciples were there in the boat in the middle of the lake, a storm came and the whole boat together with disciples, they were about to be devoured by the, the waves and the sea. And then suddenly, they saw someone that's walking on the water. And Peter said, or all of them said, it's, it's a ghost. And they all were terrified in fear. Because some people believe that whenever there's a storm and you see, and you see ghosts around you, it means certain death. It is an omen of death. So they thought, ah, patay na gintaan eh. Nakakita na tag mga abat, patay taan eh. But then they heard the voice of Jesus. Do not be afraid, it's me. And then Peter said, If it is you, indeed, Lord, if it is you, indeed, let me walk on water to come to you. And Jesus said, Come, feel free, come. And so Peter, as we read all the story, got out of the boat and started to walk towards Jesus. And we all know that for as long as his eyes was fixed on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But the moment his eyes got off of Jesus, because now he was looking at the storm and the waves and the sea that was ready to devour him, that's exactly the time when he started to sink. May na lang kay nakainumdum siya butawag sa Ginoo. <laughs> Good for him because suddenly he remembered to call on the name of the Lord. And so he cried out, Jesus, help me. And just like that, Jesus took hold of his hand, pulled him out of the water. And suddenly they find themselves in the boat with Jesus. That is why we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. My brothers and sisters, if there is ever a time in your physical life here on earth that you need to fix your eyes on Jesus, this is the time. Because of what's happening all around us, this pandemic, after how many months, about seven or eight months now, there is not a light at the end of the tunnel yet that we can see that this pandemic will be over. We see, you know, tagna-tagna, sunod bulan, December, January, you can never tell. From the looks of it, it will even become worse. Na, pagdaghang kay ka problema, ingunani ang imong problema, makaako pa ka na mutanaw palayo sa ginoo? No? You will do everything in your power and strength to keep focusing on Jesus. Because you know that He alone is your hope. 
Remember, he is the author and perfecter of your faith. Your faith will only have the chance to survive when it is fixed on Jesus. The moment you withdraw your eyes on Jesus and put your eyes on something else, put your eyes on men or on people, that's the moment when you will suffer defeat. That's why we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Walay lain ta masaligan, si Lord lang. Ang atong kwarta, just in case there's some of you are listening and you are thinking you can rely on your money because you have stored up yourself so much money in the bank or somewhere else. And then you are thinking, Abi, san pagpila katuig, di ko mahutdag kwarta. Hmm. Ayaw giyong pagsulting yung unana. Kaya ang kwarta, dali, rakaya na mahanaw. Ginatugana na ta sa Biblia, si Jesus mismo nag-ingon, dili magtigo mo kwarta din si Yuta, dili magtigo mo bahandi. <laughs> Kaunong staya, tulison pa ka, kawato na. Instead, ang saigayon ni Jesus, magtigo ka, huwag bahandi sa langit. Hmm. But anyway, fix your eyes on Jesus. Si Jesus ra, ang imong saligan, siyang imong sandigan, dili ang laing tao. And then ang last, huh? let me read to you Colossians 3, verse 17. Colossians 3, 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, bisa nun sa ang imong buhaton, sa pulong ba, o sa actual nga buhat, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. To fix your eyes on Jesus means, bisa nun sa ang imong buhaton, ginabuhat ni mo, Para kay Jesus. Ginabuhat ni mo, pinaagis ang ngalan ni Jesus. Ginabuhat ni mo, because of Jesus. Amen. Like when you're sharing the word, you share the word because of Jesus. When you do your cell meeting, you do that because of Jesus and you do it for Him. When you lead in the house, Gathering, you do it for Jesus. You do it in the name of Jesus. You do it to glorify the Lord. You do it because of Him. Kung gibuhat ni mo na tungod sa tao, kay gisugo ka sa katao, sa imong leader, sa imong pastor, tili ka magduga, you will not last long, my friend. Especially when you start facing hardships and difficulties. Especially when there will be persecutions. Or when you start hearing comments that are contrary to your expectation. You do something and you expect that people will say, Wow, what a nice thing you have done. But instead you hear criticisms, bitter criticisms. If Gibuat ni mo to tungod sa tao. Ah, 
palong diritso ng imong gana. Kay naningkamot na ka, unya gisaway pa ka, ah, resulta na, surrender lang ka, give up lang ka. But if you do it because of Jesus, whether you are praised or you are criticized, doesn't matter. Pag daigon ka, dili mo bukad ang imuhang dalunggan. <laughs> dili mo inat ang imong atay. Di ka mayingog, ako na guni, mayang laki gogo. Dili ka mapiktuan sa pagdaig sa mga tao because you know you are doing what you're doing because of Jesus. Kung sawa yun pong ka, dili po niya pong ka mapiktuan. Nga naman. Because you are doing what you're doing because of Jesus. You fix your eyes on Jesus. Pag may kwarta ka or na kalit kang kadato, tili ka mapiktuan if you fix your eyes on Jesus. Ang uban, mapiktuan dayon sila sa mga panghitabo sa ilang hinawoy because they failed to remember Jesus at all times. Hmm. Karong taknaa, samtang na minaw mo, hanako. Balik ko na ako, ang pinaka-the best na imong buhaton is to focus on Jesus. He should be the focus. He should be the center of your life. Ask yourself. Kinsa ang sentro sa imong ginabo? Why are you doing what you're doing? Na, kay kung dili si Jesus ang sentro sa imong mga ginabuhat, dili maayo ang iyang sangputanan, anak. You will end up not good. So when you're working, let Jesus be the center of your work. When you're doing some business, let Jesus be the center of your business. When you're still in school, for those of you who are still in school, Himoa si Jesus, nga pinakasintro sa imong pag-eskwela. Kung ikaw, you're into farming or livestock raising or whatever you do, the Bible says, whatever you do, in word or in deed, actual ba nga buhat or pulong ba ang imong inabuhat? Ang ubang mga trabaho, di ba? Ang ilang, ang ubang mga trabaho, mga tao, ang ilang trabaho ka ng mas dili ba, pabugat ba? Kana bang istorya-istorya lang? Like ng mga motivational speakers? Kana, no? Istorya-istorya naman sila, and they get amount of money. Mas dako pag silang madawat kaysa itong nag-budlaig trabaho. Hmm. And yet we are reminded, whatever we do, hmm. We do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. We are safe and we are guaranteed to make it. Not only make it, but fully consented, full of joy. We will consider a great honor and privilege to live this life for the glory of Jesus, the one who laid down his life for our salvation and redemption. So let me encourage you again. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Throw away everything. Nabungat. Wala ba yan i-appeal sa lumba na magdalag katre, magdalag refrigerator, washing machine. Wala ba yan nga na. Wala yan i-appeal lumba, daga, dala pag nagpasan pa. Wala yan. Appeal ganit ka lumba. Nakasyort naman lang ganit na para dili isabal. Sapatos, magagaan kayo. Rilo, idaplin, mga alahas, ibutang skilid. Kasi ma-appeal ka. Ugdagan. It's the same idea. Strip yourself to the barest minimum. 
Don't be worried and be anxious about anything. Live one day at a time and live that day. Focus on Jesus. Hallelujah. If you are listening to me and you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, now is the time for you to surrender your life to Jesus. If there was a time in your life you already started to believe in him and walk with him and yet somehow you stopped because some things happen in your life. Now is the time to return to the Lord. While this, there is time, while there is still time, return to Him. Let me pray for you at this moment. Father, thank you. Karong taknaa, salamat kaayo for those who are listening, for those who are viewing, watching, joining us, Lord, in this celebration. Thank you kaayo, O Lord, that in this hour and in this time, you've enjoined us to focus our thoughts to focus our eyes on Jesus and Jesus alone. The author and perfecter of our faith is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Salamat ka either, Lord. And thank you that when we do this, focusing our eyes on Jesus, our life will be safe. Our life will be secure. Doesn't mean there will be no problems because we will always have problems. But we are assured of divine help when we focus our eyes on Jesus. Our hearts will always be at peace. And our minds will always be at rest instead of distressed and troubled because we've learned to focus our eyes and our thoughts on Jesus. Thank you that, Lord, you have begun a good work. You will bring this all into completion. And I pray for the others, Lord, who are Lord, thinking of returning to you and let it be this is the moment for them. Help them, Holy Spirit. Those who have not known you personally yet and yet today they have heard you. God, usher them into your kingdom. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.